You are listening to the Highland Ministry Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Highland Baptist Church, please visit our website at hbcmolino.com. Today's talk comes from Josh Hilton. Man, thank you for that, Trey. That's our goal, right? To stand on that mountain and let him lead us home. Thank you for that, brother. Um, there is one announcement that I forgot to make, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and make it because if I don't, I'll probably forget to make it again. Um, and it's just regarding our finance committee. Uh, they're going to meet here at the front of the church for just a short meeting at the end of service. So if you're on finance committee, if you could hang around for a few minutes after the service, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, I'll try and remind you at the end of the sermon, I'm not going to make any promises. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, we um, ventured into a, a little bit of, of this, the beginning part of this story uh, just a few weeks ago with the, the moving forward uh, series that we did. And, and I wanted us to come back and, and finish this story um, Allie and I had the opportunity to go to the Southern Baptist Convention. We talked about it on Wednesday night, just kind of gave a recap and stuff there um, a, a few weeks ago. And then uh, we ran across uh, one of the booths they have. They have a bunch of vendors there. Uh, they talk about different ministries they, they, they're doing and different things that are happening. And um, today, a, a part of what I was given from the North American Mission Board uh, booth was this shirt. And it's the title of our message, uh, This Is My Story, which is why I'm wearing this one today, because uh, it goes uh, along with our, our message for today. That sounds fun. That was Gigi. I figured as much. I figured as much. Um, but today, the title of our message is This Is My Story. Uh, if you look at the beginning part of John chapter 4, uh, what it is, is uh, this is the story of the woman at the well. Uh, and like I said, we talked about that part uh, a few weeks ago, but we left off at verse 26, and we're going to pick up in verse 27 here in, in just a moment. But the idea behind the, the shirts that Nam was giving away is it was a conversation piece. It was their desire was if, if people wore these shirts, that people would go, what is your story? And giving us an opportunity for us to be able to tell our story to people. Uh, I don't think there's a person in here that spent any time here uh, that, that doesn't think that it's important for us to tell our story. But oftentimes we struggle to tell our story. Oftentimes we struggle to, 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 to tell the things about us because, and there's a lot of reasons why sometimes it, it's because, hey, guess what? If I tell my story, you now know things about me that make you realize that I'm not perfect. I can go ahead and tell you I'm not perfect, but if I let you into my story, it makes me vulnerable. It, it makes it to where that picture that I've tried to paint of myself may not be the same in your eyes anymore. So sometimes we struggle telling our story because we don't want people to know everything about us because sometimes we're ashamed of our story. But one of the things that, that I'm continuing to learn in life is that our story is important. Because there's a lot of people out there that may have a very similar story as you had. And there may be people walking through some stuff that, that you're looking at going, you know what, I'm, I'm grateful that I got out of that. But they're in the middle of it and they're looking for hope. 
They're looking for something that says, hey, there's still a chance that you can find a way through this. And so God allows us to share our story to, to give people hope. But we don't like to do that oftentimes because it, it lets people know that we don't have it all together. And that's not the picture that society tells us we should paint. People should look at me and know, hey, he's the pastor of this church and his, his family's perfect and they've got everything figured out. That's not the Heltons. I'm just going to be honest with you. That's not us. We don't have it all figured out. We're not perfect. My kids ain't perfect. My marriage isn't perfect. My life's not perfect. We got a lot of good things, but it's not perfect. I'm just being honest with you. We don't like to share those things. We don't like for people to, to look and go, hey, you know what? We can have some things wrong with us. But that's my story. My story is not a story of perfection. I don't get to stand up here every week because I'm a perfect person. That's not the qualifications for being a pastor. That's not written anywhere in Scripture. You're not going to find that you have to be a perfect person. I have to rely on God just like you do. But we don't like telling our story because sometimes it makes it look like we don't have it all together and sometimes it's part of our story that we're not willing to share. It's part of our story that we don't want people to know because there's certain parts that we're not ready to share. There's certain parts of our story that we're, we're not ready to open up to. Because if we give you a glimpse of those parts, it may go too far. You may see too much about us. You may see too much of my past. You may see these different things. But nonetheless, no matter what our reasons are that we don't desire to share our story, it is important that we do so. Scripture is clear that part of what we're supposed to do as followers of Christ is to tell our story. The beauty of your story is it's yours. It is something that God has given you to reach people that I may not be able to reach. Some of you, some of you have walked through things that other people are walking through that I have no clue about. And so God gave you that story to share with them so that he can use it for his glory. So this morning, we're going to look at the idea of this is my story. And oftentimes, it's difficult for us to share our story. But what I have found, the reason that it's hard for us to share our story, every bit of those excuses are self-inflicted. I was not able to think of an excuse that was not self-inflicted for a reason for me not to share my story. Most of the time it's pride. Most of the time it's just, I don't want people to know these things about me. It's, just, it's, it's, it's all these things, but it's all about me. They're the reasons that I don't want to or desire to share my story from time to time. But in John chapter 4, we find the rest of the, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman and her story. And as we look at this this morning the end of her story, we can learn some, some things that will find us, give us some comfort in telling our stories. If you look at the rest of her story here, what God does through this, you can find some comfort in knowing that it's okay to share your story just like she did. So if you have your Bibles, turn with John chapter 4, starting in verse 27, and it says this. 
At this point, his disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman, yet no one said, what do you seek, or why do you speak with her? If, if you think back just a, a few weeks ago from when we talked about uh, this story with Jesus and the woman at the well, there's, there's a lot of cultural differences there. He wasn't supposed to be talking to this woman. Uh, let alone it was a man addressing a woman in public, but it was also a Jewish man oppressing a, a, a um, talking to a Samaritan woman in, in public, and, and that just didn't happen in that day. If you remember back from the story, the disciples had gone into town because they'd traveled a while, so the disciples had gone into town to find some food. And so it was just Jesus and this woman having this conversation there at the well. Uh, they had their conversation, and he had presented this idea of living water to her, and then she said, I, I know there's supposed to be this Messiah that comes. And he said, hey, that's me. That Messiah that you know about, the thing that you learned about, that you got a little bit of understanding there. He left off, where we left off this, uh, the last time we looked at this story was in verse 26 where he said, hey, that's me that, that you're talking about. I am that Messiah, that one that was going to come and, and provide freedom for people and so here we see in verse 27 at this point in time when he said that his disciples came back and they were amazed that he was speaking with this woman but nobody said anything about it. The cultural differences were there. Those things were there but nobody said anything to Jesus because these are his disciples and they've been watching him and they knew that Jesus had a purpose for every conversation that he had. Oftentimes Jesus talked in, talked in ways that, that weren't extremely clear on the surface, but there was a purpose for every conversation that he had. And they understood that this one was no different for, for him there. And verse 28 says, so the woman left her water pot. She had come to this well in the heat of the day to draw water. She talked with Jesus. And she was so impressed by this conversation, this encounter that she had with Christ, that she left her water pot there, which means there's a really good chance that she's coming back. She had some, something really quick that she needed to take care of. There was something really, really important that needed to happen. And so she had gone to do that, but she left her water pot there. And so she was most likely, people believe that she was coming back because she left her pot there. And she went into the city and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. The first point that I want us to, to, to be able to drive home in this today is the simplicity of her story. The simplicity of her story. See, now this lady, if we, if we think back, she had a colored past. I mean, there, there was a lot of things that were going on. Uh, Jesus had already pointed out the fact that she had had five husbands and the one she was living with now was not her husband. So she had some things going on in that day and time that, that did not make her the most popular person in town. Yet alone the cultural barriers with, with women addressing people or whatever. But she was excited about this story that she had. But her story was very simple. It said, come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? She simply ran back into the town, left her water pot there at the well, and she ran back in and said, guys, I just met somebody who told me everything about me. 
He knew me, not that, that we had ever had a conversation before, but there was this man who saw me and he knew me. It's gotta be him. It's gotta be Jesus. The beauty of this is there was not some, some great theology in her message. There wasn't some three points to a sermon. There wasn't, she wasn't quoting the prophets of, of the Old Testament. She wasn't doing any of that. She just said, hey guys, you gotta come see this person. I met him and there's no way he's not Jesus. He knew too much. Her, her story was simply, you got to come and see for yourself because this guy, there's something different about him. There's something different about this man that's sitting out by the well. I've been there too many times and, and, and I, I've, I've seen a lot of people come past that well, but this one is different. You got to come see him. That was her message. That was her story. That was what she told them. That's what's recorded here in the Gospel of John is just simply that she went and said, come see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This has got to be Jesus. This has got to be him. The beauty of, of this and, and watching her witness to all of these people and share this story here in the city as, as I have no doubt in my mind, I'm, I'm picturing her just running from person to person saying, you've got to come see him. You've got to come see him. And, and so there's probably people looking and going, this is, this is strange. This is different. But there was also something different about her. A lot of the people that she probably talked to, she'd never talked to before. The people that she was going and encountering, uh, she, they, they saw something different in her. And again, it's not because she could quote the law. It's not because she had all these things figured out. It's not because uh, of all these churchy words and things that she could use now. No, she had an encounter with Jesus that left her changed. And so when she went to see people, they saw something different in her than from before she went to get water. So she ran back into this town and said, you've got to come see this man who told me everything about him. He's got to be Jesus. He told me everything that I'd done. He must be Jesus. It's got to be that Messiah that we've waited on. That was her message. The simplicity of her message gives us hope that you don't have to have all the answers. Far too many times we don't like telling our story because we don't have the answers to all of, to everybody's questions. But guess what? I don't have the answer to everybody's questions either. There's some things that are just really hard for us to pinpoint and nail down and say, for straight truth, this is exactly what it is. People will ask you questions that you will not know the answer to. And that's Okay. This woman didn't have answers to questions. She was still trying to figure out all of this herself. But she had had an encounter with a man and she knew something was different. She knew that there was hope. This must have been what they were waiting on. So you've got to come and see a man who told me all the things that I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? She even left it with a question. She said, it's not, this isn't Jesus, is it? This isn't the Messiah, is it? The simplicity of her message was just to come and see. You got to come and see. I can't describe it for you. You just got to come and see. Because this man's different. 
This man's different. For many of us, we don't like to share our story because we think it has to be complex. We think it's got to be colored with a, with a past to make it sound like it's extravagant, to make it sound like there's been some crazy change in our life. We, we've got to have some addiction that we fought or we've got to overcome some hurdle. We've got to do these different things to, to, to be able to share our story and people be interested in it. We don't think they're interested in that story of, well, I was raised in church, but I still didn't have hope because the church couldn't give me hope. But I found hope in Jesus, and he saved me, and I've just been walking with him the best I can ever since. It doesn't sound like an exciting story, but guess what? There may be somebody else that's been raised in church that today is looking and going, you know what, I don't have any hope. That man on the stage keeps talking about all this stuff. And I don't, that joy, that peace, that hope, that stuff that he talks about, that just doesn't ring a bell with me. But I got the same past as that person, so I should be okay, right? Our story is important. Your story is important because God can use your story to pique the interest of other people. The simplicity of her story was the fact that she just knew something was different. And she said, you just got to come and see him for yourself. Continuing on in verse 31, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. <laughs> the disciples had spent some time with Jesus and they knew that he talked in parables and they tried to figure those things out. But I, I look at this and, and to put it in modern day terms, they're looking and going, did he pack a sandwich? I mean, is, did he have crackers in his pocket? Somebody gave him something. There, what, what in the world is he talking about that I've got food to eat that you don't know about? Well, you just sent us into town to pick up food. If you had had food, why don't you just share it with us? I mean, you could have taken that one pack of crackers and we'd have had uh, seven loaves of bread left over with it. I mean, you could have multiplied that. But Jesus looked at him and he said, I've got food that, to eat that you do not know about. So they asked the question. The disciples were saying to one another, no one brought him anything to eat, did he? Did you, did you give him something? Did you, did you bring him something to eat already? Has he already eaten today? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Now, if you look at the surface of that, it, it gets kind of fuzzy. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. You can look at me and tell I like to eat and that's perfectly fine. I know that's, that's a problem. Uh, we're working on that. Allie told me I am. Uh, she reminded me that after VBS that we're going to be working on that. So... We are. We're going to work on that. But I look at this and I go, how in the world do you get full off of doing the will of him being God who sent me and accomplished his work? Again, Jesus is speaking in parables. He's not talking about physical satisfaction of nourishment that comes from sitting down and eating a meal. No, uh, Warren Wiersbe describes it in his commentary. He actually quoted Phillips Brooks that said this, uh, seek your life's nourishment in your life's work. 
And Warren Wiersbe goes on to expound on that and he says, the will of God ought to be a source of strength and satisfaction to the child of God just as if he had sat down to a sumptuous feast. And so what, what he's saying here is that when we do God's work, there is satisfaction that is found in sharing the gospel. And so Jesus is looking at the people there and he's saying, hey, guess what? There's about to be a crowd coming. He's, we're going to get to those verses here in just a second. He said, so right now is not a good time for me to eat and I'm going to be okay because right now I'm doing the will of the Father. And so the second thing that we can find is that, that when we share our story, when we allow ourselves just to share the simplicity of our story, we find that there is satisfaction in sharing. There is satisfaction in sharing the message that God has given you, sharing that story that God has given you. Oftentimes, we will find freedom in our own story when we share that with other people because we realize, you know what? You're really not alone. You're not the only person that's ever walked with that issue. You're not the only believer that's ever struggled in that area. The beauty of, of small groups and stuff in the church is we can learn from one another and understanding that we're not perfect people. And understanding that, you know, there are people around you that struggle with some of the same things that maybe you struggle with. And we find that there's, there's comfort in that. But we don't know that until we're willing to share our story. And Jesus said there's satisfaction in sharing. There, there is a, a hunger that is quenched when we do God's will he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Verse 35 says, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields that they are white for harvest. Jesus still talking to them in the agricultural terms that he liked to use so that they would understand. He said, hey guys, you know right now ain't time to be reaping the harvest. We still got time. We just planted those seeds. And so right now it's not time to, to pick the plants that we've planted. You look at the fields though. He said, harvest is coming. But he wasn't talking about going out there and picking peas. He wasn't talking about uh, picking the corn. He wasn't talking about plowing the field or anything like that. He, he was looking and saying, guess what? There are people that are coming that need to know me. He said, we're about to reap something that we didn't sow. Verse 36 says, already he who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for life eternal so that he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. Verse 37 says, for in this case, the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. He's telling them, he said, guys, you know what? You're about to have conversations with people. You're about to see uh, God work in ways that you didn't have to work for. Somebody else has already sowed these seeds. This woman has gone into town and said, hey, guess what? You've got to come see this man because there's something different about him. You've got to come see him because there's something different about this man. And so her message, the simplicity of her story is going to allow the disciples to see the harvest reaped. She sowed the seeds. And in just a matter of minutes, those seeds sprouted up to curiosity and now that's all coming out there to be with them. Doesn't always happen that way. But it can. It can happen that way if we'll allow God to use us and to use our story. Lives can be changed. Verse 38 says, I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. 
One of the things that we celebrated with VBS wasn't just the salvations, but the seeds that were planted that I pray were, hopefully they were sown last week. Maybe they'll be sown this week or in a couple of weeks at another VBS or when kids go back to their home church and stuff. I, or, or our kids here, they, they, they've heard the gospel through, through VBS or through their small groups. And guess what? They eventually were praying that those seeds are sown to the point where their growth happens and we get to harvest that. But our job is not to do anything but sow those seeds and keep sowing those seeds and keep sowing those seeds and let God do the work that only he can do. But it starts with us being willing to share our story. It starts with us being willing to tell people about what it is that God has done for us and it doesn't have to be difficult. It can be simple. And I think if you were to give it a try, you'd find there's satisfaction in sharing that story. There's satisfaction that comes when we know that we're doing exactly what God has asked us to do. And he's just asked us to go and tell, right? Go and tell. As we continue on, we find the last bit of comfort here in the last few verses that we'll read. Verse 39 says, from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I had done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his word. So here we find Jesus still at the well there and the people come out because of this lady's testimony. They come out because uh, of the, the statement that said, he told me all the things that I have done. So they come out and they're spending time with Jesus and they're just amazed. They're having an encounter with him, him themselves now. They've, they've heard her story and they're looking and going, hey, we've got a lot of questions. And so they asked him to stay and he stayed there for two more days. So Jesus spent some time with people to invest in them, to teach them, to, to take their questions from what do you mean he told you all that you had done to hey, this is who I am. He made that transition for them in just a matter of two days. And many more believed because of his word. But my favorite verse in all of this, verse 42 says, and they were saying to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is indeed the Savior of the world. See, they took the simplicity of her story and the satisfaction that came from sharing and they realized that salvation comes from the Savior alone. Her story wasn't going to save anybody. Her story didn't save anybody. It caused some people to, to believe. It caused some people to look and go, hey, uh, there's some curiosity here. I got to go figure this out. You told me to come see this man uh, that told you everything that you had done. 
I'm curious now, so we're going to go and see. And because of his word, because of what he taught them, because of the things that Christ did when these people were introduced to him, salvation came to those houses. Salvation came to these people. And many people believed because of what Jesus did. It didn't have anything to do with her uh, preaching uh, a certain sermon. It didn't have anything with her uh, telling all these elegant stories. It's not because she could play uh, the best music. It was wasn't all of those things. No, it was she encountered Christ and she went and told them, guys, there's something different going on here. You got to come see it for yourself. She just drew the crowd is all she did. She went and told people, she said, you know what? There's something different happening at the well today. So you need to come see it. And two days later, a lot of people were saved because of the work that God did. But it started with her telling her story. It started with her being willing to go and tell about an encounter that she had with Jesus that led to a lot of other people having an encounter with him. See, for me, the comfort that I find in this is that I don't have to produce salvation. I don't have to do that. That's not my job to grow that fruit. My job is just to plant those seeds and let God work. My job is to be open and willing to tell my story and allow that to impact somebody's life. My job is not to, to save somebody because I can't do that. All I can do is introduce them to the one who does and allow them to find their freedom in him. You'll never find freedom in me. I can't produce that. I can't get you to heaven as much as I'd love to. And as many times as I'll pray for you, I can't do that for you. Only God can. But God used a simple story of the Samaritan woman to reach a majority of that city for his glory. So this morning, the challenge for us is are we willing to tell our story? Are we willing to tell our story to those around us? See, I've, I've told y'all a lot of times, you go places that I'll never be able to go. Your workplaces are places that God puts you to be used for Him. God has given you a crowd of people to reach. And you may say, Josh, there's only a few people at my workplace. Well, do those few people know him? If so, great. How are you impacting the customers that may come into your workplace? How are you impacting the people who see the work that your company is doing? How do you impact clients and, and things like that? See, God has given us all an opportunity to tell our story. And we can all be honest here this morning and say, Josh, there's parts of my story that I don't like. I get it. There's parts of my story that I don't like. Even though my story is not super crazy, it's not filled with just faithfulness and obedience as I wished it was. It took me a long time to figure out I had a need for a savior, even though my parents had impressed that from long before I was born. 
I was sitting in church with my mama as soon as my, my heart started beating. And we were there every week we could be there. We were there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We were there all of those times. We were there for revivals. We were there for the special events. We were at all the things. We we're usually the ones that opened the doors and closed the doors. Because that's just how my dad was. But guess what? All that church stuff didn't matter to me because I didn't have an understanding of my need for the Savior. So it took me a while to get to that point. Matter of fact, I was a senior in high school. 17 years. I watched. And I said, you know what? I'll be all right. I'm good. I'm at church doing all the right things. That's not my story. My story is God impacted me in a way that said, Josh, you're not okay. Josh, you don't know me just because your parents do. Josh, you don't have a relationship with me. So you can either live that life of balancing my social life and my church life and keeping them separate because they didn't intertwine or I could give it all to him. Praise the Lord. That's exactly what I did. Your story may sound something similar to mine. It may not. Your story may be completely different. You may have some, some part of your story that you're saying, Preacher, it'd blow your mind if you knew everything that I walked through before God called me home. That's fine. I'm not asking you to stand and share it this morning. What I'm asking you to do is to be willing to share it with those that God says, Hey, that person needs your story. Hey, you see that young man over there? He needs your story. You see that young lady over there? She needs your story. You see these students up front here? They need your story. You see the kids in the back or the ones in the balcony? They need your story because your story is going to be the one that impacts them for me and my kingdom. So this morning, what's your story? And what's holding you back from sharing your story like God has called you to? Like He's asking you to. He's just saying, I just want you to tell people about what I've done for you. You don't have to quote them scripture. You don't have to do all those things. Just tell them what I've done. Tell them about how you encountered me and let that be enough to pique their curiosity so that they'll come and they'll find out more. Or hey, maybe it'll start up a conversation and they'll ask you more questions the next day and then the next day. And guess what? That'll be okay. Because you'll find satisfaction in sharing that story. You're going to quench a hunger that's inside all of us that we have to share what God has done. But you got to be willing to share your story. Got to be willing to share it. Because there's a lot of people out those doors that need to hear your story. There may be people in these doors that need to hear your story. But you let God lead on how you're supposed to share that. You let God lead on where you're supposed to share that. And I promise you, He'll use it. Not to embarrass you. He'll use it for His glory. Because that's why He gave you 
the story that he gave you was for his glory and his glory alone. Let us pray. Father, here we are. Lord, I pray that the words that were spoken were not mine. Lord, the words that were heard, the ones that stick, God, they're your words. But God, you've given us all a story. You've given us all something that we can go and tell and share, even if it's not glamorous, even if it's uh, not a, a crazy story that's got a lot of highs and lows, Lord, it's still our story. And Lord, we know you can use it and you desire to. And so Lord, today, we ask for that boldness to share our story. But Lord, uh, there may be somebody here this morning that their story's not started yet. Or maybe they're still in the beginning chapters waiting for that encounter with you. And maybe today is that day that they, they feel you calling and saying, hey, guess what? You don't have to be perfect because I am perfect for you. You just got to follow me. So Lord, if there's anyone here today that hears that call for them to follow you, Lord, I pray that they would step out in boldness and come forward and walk into a relationship with you. Lord, maybe there's people that are supposed to follow in obedience through uh, baptism or uh, joining the church or just, Lord, maybe the obedience is just coming to the altar and saying, God, I, I'm sorry that I've not shared my story. Lord, whatever obedience looks like today, I pray that you would give that nudging, Lord. Don't allow us just to sit there and not deal with what it is you're wanting us to do. Help us to respond today so that we can continue to write the story that you've given us. And let it be a story of faithfulness and obedience. And God, we promise to give you all the glory for everything you do in and through us. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. If, if you were encouraged by today's talk, please rate and review our podcast at Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.